This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everybody, Jeff Kasouf here, host of Kicking Back, a podcast by The Equalizer. This episode, we have two guests at the same time. First time we've done that, and there's a reason for it. Lynn Williams and Sam Mewis join me. They're teammates for the North Carolina Courage and the U.S. Women's National Team, and they join me for a reason. They're roommates in North Carolina, and they train together during quarantine and have some really funny stories from that, helping each other train on the field and then off the field. Uh, some really funny stories as well, including some unexpected house guests. So we talk about all of that. We talk about the Challenge Cup in Utah, where they are currently, and some more serious stuff as well. They're both heavily involved in their Players Associations, the NWSL Players Association and the U.S. Women's National Team Players Association, and working on some important things. And, and one of those even is just getting everybody to Utah and getting guarantees for the players. So talk a little bit about that. It's a slightly shorter episode than usual from us here on Kicking Back. It's a busy time out there in Utah, so appreciate Lynn and Sam joining me for this podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe. It helps us get the word out to many more people to help them listen to it and enjoy it just like you're doing right now. So we'll get to Lynn and Sam in just a moment right after a word from our sponsors at this break. Hope you enjoy I right, joined here by Lynn Williams and Sam Mewis from Utah, from the bubble at the Challenge Cup. Thanks for joining me. Thanks yes, for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I know things are, are crazy out there. Um, I, I realize we've been calling it the bubble, but I've heard it's basically a hotel, the fields, and a cafeteria. Is that basically how it shakes out? Yeah, pretty much. I think, <laughs> like You only see the people that are in your own hotel, and then unless you just happen to pass by them at the field, you don't really see anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, um, I guess it's been busy for players, but it's been extra busy. I mean, have you been, there's some stuff that people are doing to kind of have some fun. I've heard everybody's got a ping pong table, every team and yep. what are you guys doing? Um, well, we, we definitely have some downtime, like in the afternoons and at night, um, when, when we don't have games. So other than watching all of the other games, like religiously, um, we have been playing this game called mafia where do you know what that is no i don't okay so not, this will take up probably the whole time for me if I the whole thing, but basically you're in a big group and a couple people get assigned to be the mafia and then okay. like everybody goes to sleep the mafia gets a point and like kill people off and then the whole group tries to guess and figure out who the mafia is so okay. we're all like so addicted to this game we've been playing it every night and it's like yeah. causing a lot of tension and <laughs> we have to lie to each other um but it's been like so fun and like such a good way to pass the time yeah sam has lied to me two nights in a row and i'm like i'm gonna have trust issues i have been (laughs) looking lynn in the eyes and going i swear it's not me but it's me 
<laughs> so, so then the next game, she'll kill me off super early because she knows I'm onto her. So she kills yeah. me off. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I don't know. Is that the best team building activity for you? <laughs> I don't know. We kind of just try to leave it onto the in the game and then out of the game. Everybody's like, all right, we know you're not a liar. But, but I have been apologizing a lot because I'm like, please don't be mad at me. I was just trying to make the game fun. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you're, so you're very good at being mafia is what you're saying, Sam. Yeah, she she is really good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> when, when it comes to like fake lying, Sam is the best. But if it comes to like a real lie, Sam has so much like, oh my gosh, guilt. I, like guilt and I can't lie to you. So I know that like it's just for the game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. Well, um, I mean, that sounds like a crazy time for, for off the field. Um, <laughs> some of them, I guess people are probably wondering, you know, we usually have this kick and back pod um, that's kind of a one-on-one. And um, I had heard these, these stories about you guys training together during quarantine. And um, so we've got, we've got Sam and Lynn on for, for some quarantine stories that uh, I don't know, maybe some you want to be reminded of some you don't, but uh, <laughs> um, well, so tell me, I mean, I've heard, you know, kind of the, you, you two are roommates back in North Carolina in general, right? And then quarantine hit. And so Sam, you, you're, you said your husband was trying yep. to move you guys in and then uh, everything Ended shut down. Ended up getting stuck there with us. So <laughs> I, what, what was going to just be a weekend visit turned into like a three-way roommate situation. And so <laughs> I was very lucky because I had my friend Lynn and my husband and I was like, this is the best of both worlds. Um, but I think it was obviously like Lynn and Pat didn't like plan on living together for months. So, um, they were both like great about it and, um, I had a great time. So no complaints from me. <laughs> no, it wasn't bad. I think that, um, one, our apartment isn't huge. So just having three adults in the same space, um, was an adjustment, but after a while we just kind of got used to it and we like got on like a routine um and going to the field was like very nice to be able to like get out of the house I actually felt bad uh for pat because he like worked from home and some days like he just never left the house so i would i felt bad and i was like oh god we got to get him out of the house yeah um, but pat did do a lot of cooking for us he's a really good cook so um yes. that was one of our like escapes was like what are we having for dinner and then we'd make dinner and be like okay what are we having tomorrow so that was fun we made like a lot of um, really good food, yeah. and then we had to go and try to run it off. What's his uh, What's his go to dish? What's your favorite? I guess he's he's good at like he's really good at like cooking meat. Like he made us this barbacoa one time. Remember yeah, that? That was good. That was really good. He made French onion soup, which was delicious. Oh, yeah. That was like so good. And then he makes this like um, like cheese and pepper pasta with like bucatini, um, and mm. we made this garlic bread, and it was. It was too much. Yeah, we made it was so good. Vegan's garlic bread and like, it was so good, but it was such a mistake because <laughs> it was so much bread and we were just struggling. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot. We'll just, just car carb loading for Utah. That's all. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little too early. I think. <laughs> and and you introduced or you and Pat, I guess Sam introduced the puppy as well to the equation. We did. Yeah, we we had talked about getting a dog like later this year. Um, and then we were not doing anything. So we actually <laughs> thought it would be like really good timing to get a puppy. So um, we got a little guy named Finn and it actually was really good timing because uh, Pat is still working from home in Boston. So he is like with the dog a lot and like is able to train him and stuff. Um, and I think it like added a lot of yeah. fun and spark to all of our lives. <laughs> we really needed it the most. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
No, yeah. it was fun. Finn was great. He would attack my slippers every morning, and I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so you couldn't bring him. Obviously, he's he's. No. Uh, I'm uh, sure you're missing him. Loved to. Yeah, I would, would have a team dog right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got to ask you about this. Um, I mean, on a semi-serious note of keeping fit during a quarantine, but you were saying too that you guys invested in a, a Peloton bike. Is that like the big thing that you were, some people couldn't even get, I talked to Becky Sauerbrunn during early part of the quarantine and she, for this pod, and she was like, I'm waiting two months for weights to ship because she couldn't get anything. And I think a lot of people had that problem, but you all- we like willed ourselves into having a home gym. Um, <laughs> like we already last year had like a couple of mats to put out and like yoga things to stretch. And then Sam was like, we need a Peloton. And then yeah. that was kind of our mission for the entire quarantine. Um, and luckily enough, we got it. When did we get it? We must've, it must've come in like, I want to say early May. Um, so we went a while without it, but then we still had a while with it. Quarantine was long, but we had like a couple weights, um, we had battle ropes. Oh yeah. The ropes were fun too. So we were like kind of just making do with whatever we had for a while. And most of it, we were able to go to an open field, just the two of us and do like some one-on-one -on -one stuff. Um, so we definitely did a lot of shooting. We tried to do some running on our own, um, for a lot of it. Um, Paul provided like optional workouts that we could do. So um, it was definitely tough, like motivation yeah. wise, not knowing when we were going to be back. Like, do we have two weeks? Do we have two months? Do we have an endless amount of time? So once we started hearing that things were going to pick back up, it was definitely easier to do that running and like, yeah, get ourselves back to where we need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about a Peloton bike myself. And I, my big investment was, uh, I'm looking at it, my water rower, which was, um, oh, nice. Probably more, yeah, probably not as helpful for you guys to be rowing, I guess, but it is, uh, it's good cardio too, though. We were looking at everything. We were thinking about like even those mirror things that have oh, yeah. inside them, but the Peloton was great. Like we were able to like have stuff on our app on, of the Peloton. So you could like do yoga. They had weight sessions. I think the first two days we like rode the bike like twice each. Yeah. We were, like, <laughs> going. And I was like, we should probably chill out on the bike. Yeah, we got <laughs> so sore. Our hamstrings were so sore. So sore. From the bike. But it was great. And yeah. it, the Peloton is in Boston now with Pat. Okay. So we miss it. Yeah. Well, even, I mean, before you got that Peloton, this was, I think people maybe overlooked what it was like. I've heard of some players who were switching teams or maybe moved and had to isolate and basically were just... I'm training alone for two months. You at least had each other to train with. What was that like? Um, how did you make that, I guess, competitive or even productive to make sure? Because you, you and the whole team certainly looked fit in these opening games of the Challenge Cup. Yeah, I think that, well, one, it was a challenge at first. I think that um, originally we were like, okay, let's sleep in and we'll go to the field at like a certain time. And then we realized that like we were like wasting a lot of our day. Um, so then we tried to like get on a schedule of like, let's get up in the morning during like what would normally be practice time. And, um, and then there was some times, like Sam said, like we would train really hard and then we'd be like, okay, we're on a good path. And then the next day we'd be like, why are we training? Like nothing's <laughs> happening. And then the next day we'd be like, okay, we're back on. And then the next day we'd be like, what is happening again? Yeah. So there was definitely ups and downs. Um, but I think like having each other, we were able to hold each other accountable, um, and push each other. And I think that there's some things that like, I'm more strong at that I push Sam and that there's things that Sam was more strong at that she would push me at. And, um, I think that really helped if I was by myself, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at now. Yeah. And I think even like, 
I mean, we obviously did a lot of shooting. Like there's only so much live play you can do one V one. So a lot of it was just passing to each other from different angles and like turning and shooting. And, um, I don't know if you've ever tried to like do shooting on your own, but it's literally so (laughs) hard. So I just think like having a partner Mm -hmm. makes training, like you can do infinitely more things. Um, so I mean, thank God we had each other. It would have been a lot harder. Yeah. How do you feel like it came out in terms of, you know, do you feel like you progressed during that time despite the challenges? I think maybe like with some technical stuff. um, I know, again, that we both got to work on shooting a lot. Um, I think that like live play, once we got back into it, we both felt really good. Um, I think like those first couple of days of like small group training or team training, I think we were both like, oh, thank God we were working on stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that that transition back into like, being 90 minutes fit and like playing under pressure, um, that definitely took a while to adjust, but we had a good chunk of time with, with a small group yeah. and then with the team in North Carolina, like throughout the month of June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We like, well, there was that one practice we had like those four before when we were able to have eight people again. And I just remember everybody would forget to track back. Yeah. And you're like, no, it's four and you'd be like, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. So there was definitely <laughs> that transition. Um, but I think after a while you get it back. Yeah, I think we've definitely seen a few games this Challenge Cup, uh, not that you've been involved with, but defending has been a little bit, still getting back to, uh, you know, some of the remember, some of the muscle memory maybe, and at least on set pieces and whatnot. Um, yeah. And I mean, Paul usually does two a days in like normal times. Were you doing four a days at this point to get back <laughs> fit or what? We, uh, it was actually surprising. We didn't have very many two a days at all. Okay. Um, I think just because like, at first it was small groups and the rules were very strict and you couldn't overlap time. So the coaches were actually out there for like probably like so five long. hours because they had to just do all these small groups mm-hmm. that Paul was probably like, I can't do this again. Um, and then even when we got back as a team, I think just really like monitoring that load um, and not wanting to expose anyone to injury. So I think we just kind of took it uh, just one session at a time and don't get me wrong. A lot of them were really hard. Um, we have a notorious day where we did this full paint the field, which is a god awful amount of running. Um, yeah, basically, like go across the field, <laughs> jog back, go up to the next cone, sprint across, jog back, and I think it's like twenty-two, 22 sprints. Ooh. But like it's the whole length of the field, and it, it just took so long, and it was so <laughs> hot, and we were like, okay, well, we better be fit when we get to Utah. So, I mean, he w- didn't take it easy on us, but I think he was very cognizant of like. Mm-hmm. monitoring our loads knowing mm-hmm. that we were everyone was coming back off of having done different things in the quarantine yeah yeah so we're we're talking here sort of mid challenge cup at least in the preliminary round here um what's it been like to just get back on the field how have you been feeling with with this challenge cup and um you know just at least knowing there's some soccer this year right yeah i think it's been very exciting to at least like be in a competitive atmosphere and play again i think that like game one um, we were obviously happy with the win, but we felt like we had so much more to give and we're a bit disappointed in ourselves um, just because normally we have such a high standard that we felt like we gave the ball away too much. We didn't press as well as we normally do. Um, but with that being said, I think the next game we, we turned it around a bit and, um, you know, it's just exciting to be able to play again and be with your friends and like, I don't know, you get like an adrenaline rush and uh, even, even the parts of like going after a game, like having a hard time falling asleep, just knowing those little things, you're like, wow, I'm really competing again, instead of just, I don't know, quarantine and just 
practicing all the time. You're like, okay, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like the tournament, um, it's such a great opportunity for all of these teams that are here. I feel like because it's such a condensed game schedule, there's opportunity for more players on teams to get a chance to play. And um, from our team's perspective, like we had uh, scrimmages in this preseason time where the non-starting group beat the starting group. And I just feel like our group is showing how much depth we have and how there's players at every position fighting for spots and fighting for time. Um, and that just makes everybody like hold themselves to a higher standard. And we know every day when we show up to practice, we have to be at our best. So it's almost like competing against other people now. Like we have this really like full sense of pride that like we know our whole team um, can like play the way the courage plays and anybody can step up at any time and get the job done. Yeah. I imagine it's hard to not hear and see some of the things that are out there, but certainly a lot of, people saying, I mean, you guys were favorites coming into this. And then uh, it seems almost unfair to bring you, Denise and Crystal off the bench at halftime in a, in a scoreless game. But uh, um, I mean, the Olympics, you know, are something that were supposed to be soon here and now they're a year away. Um, have you kind of processed the, the idea of it, there's a lot of uncertainty around the U.S. getting back into camp even, let alone games of when that'll be, that this might be that one playing opportunity you have until who knows when and you've got to you know then go into an olympic year is that kind of on your minds um i think in the back of your mind that's always there um but at the same time i think that like there's so much going on in the world and so much uncertainty and we're so lucky to even have a job right now and have our health and uh that's where my mind goes so i'm just trying to think of the positive things like so many people have been affected by this terrible virus and uh, so many people are out of jobs and so many people have died and um, I'm just so lucky we're so lucky to be doing what we do and doing what we love and the fact that we were even able to play this year um, so yeah there's always that bit of like well how do I keep fit like what's next but I think the more important thing is that we're healthy and happy and we have um, our health so. yeah totally and I think just like focusing on where we are right now obviously we want to try to um, win our next game and then win our next game so um I think just to like credit the league for being able to put this together and um we know our team has been really diligent with all of the protocols and um really trusting each other to keep each other safe so I just think that knowing that this yeah could be our only opportunity for a while to play competitively um we're very lucky to have it and we just want to not take it for granted and enjoy every minute and do our best I want to make sure we talk about, um, you know, you both off the field are, are taking roles um, with respective players association. Lynn is a, a player rep for North Carolina with the NWSLPA. Uh, Sam, your vice president, um, treasurer, uh, officer with the U.S. Women's National Team PA. Um, what, what was the collaborative approach like, I guess, first for just this tournament in terms of, you know, we've heard about what the players had for guarantees and, and making sure that they were heard. What was that like from both of your perspectives as I imagine people very involved in getting those guarantees? Yeah, I think um, from my perspective and I'm sure Lynn's the number one job of any players association is to protect the players. Um, so I think that going into this, both PAs worked collaboratively to make sure that each player was protected, um, not only against COVID-19, but um, against injury. Um, and I know that Brooke and Yael and Becca um, worked very closely with all of the leadership groups, all of the players. Um, there were surveys, there were calls, and it was really 
um, a huge like information gathering time. I think a lot of opinions were heard and a lot of questions were addressed. It seemed um, like every week there was a call that was just to address questions, which was so thorough and um, really appreciated. And I think that from that uh, protection piece, both PAs are, are always learning um, and always just trying to keep player health and safety as the number one priority. Yeah, I would agree. Everything yeah. should <laughs> <laughs> Well, and, and part of um, the PA involvement too, um, we've seen at this tournament that, you know, from, from the t-shirts to the armbands to the, the actual acts of solidarity um, in many different ways um, with the Black Lives Matter movement. I know the PAs, I guess both, but certainly, you know, the NWSLPA was, was very involved in that, right? That this was a, a coordinated effort. Can you just talk about kind of what yeah. that was? Um, so we had a call, everybody was open to, um, or welcome to join. Um, and it was just a call to bounce ideas off each other, see what everybody wanted to do, what people felt comfortable with. Um, I think at the end of the day, our, our message was that we're united um, and that we are going to fight against these social injustices. Um, so yeah, we just got together and um, I thought it was really cool. A lot of uh, the Black community in the end of the cell kind of spoke up um, and had a voice and said exactly what they wanted. Um, and then it was just a matter of how do we get it done? Uh, it was a very short window. And so thanks to Nike, we were able to get those shirts done and the armbands. Um, I thought it was beautiful, like the, the beginning of each game we knelt um, and they had the Black Lives Matter uh, strip going across the field. Um, so yeah, I've been pretty uh, thankful that the, the PA was able to get this done and was willing to listen. Um, and so that's how that happened. Yeah. I know a lot of players have said too, you know, they want to make sure that it, the conversation keeps going. Is that a discussion among everybody, but certainly maybe the, the PA, both PAs? Yeah, definitely. I think um, that call that Lynn mentioned kind of brought together this um, just smaller group of NWSL PA members um, and players who were really passionate about making sure that this message was clear. Um, and I think our hope is that that group will continue to get together and discuss ways that we can keep this movement um, moving forward in the NWSL. Um, and I just want to say how grateful I am to Lynn and other players who I have been able to talk to about this, who have been so open with their time and, and energy, um, expressing how they feel, expressing ways that the white women in this league can help. Um, and my hope is that this message has come across really clear that we are all united in making sure that this is a movement that we take seriously moving forward and just protecting black people um, and making sure their voices are heard. Yeah. And I guess just, I, I know you have to both run. It's a crazy schedule in Utah, so I don't want to keep you. I'm wondering, I, I was thinking and talking to somebody just earlier. Um, they were asking me, we were talking about being in Houston, and I was realizing that was four years ago already, which is when, you know, the flash when when you were playing there in that iteration of the franchise won that title. Um, you know, it, you both being in these leadership positions within the PA, it feels like maybe time flew by. I'm wondering what it was like for you to, I mean, you're now in these leadership positions, you're sort of veterans, so to speak, maybe. Um, what has that shift been like for both of you? Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know we, well, we hang out with the rookies. We've been playing mafia with the rookies and I'm like realizing that we're like old, like I'm turning 28. <laughs> like we like, they look at us like we're old and we're like, oh my God, we used to do that to like the other veterans on the team. <laughs> I know. It's like a, so much more of a responsibility with the serious matters. Like it, it, mm -hmm. 
it, it was like heavy at times, I think knowing that it fell on our shoulders to make sure that we were doing the right things on behalf of the team. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that like, it's, it can also be fun to um, kind of recognize this youthfulness in some of our newer players and get to pat them on the back and get to give them tips and advice and be there for them. Like I know Addison Merrick um, has come in and started two games for us and she's a rookie and it's just been so fun to see her grow from this older perspective. Um, so I think it, it kind of is two-sided, like it, it's a lot of responsibility, yeah. but it's also really fun. Yeah, I know. I feel like, especially this year, um, with the PA and like the Black Lives Matter movement, like there's been so many times where I've had to like put something into the group or I'm like, can we have this meeting? And it's just, it's weird to think that I'm the one calling the meetings or running the meetings. I'm like, who's the adult and what? <laughs> where are they? Um, but no, like Sam said, it's really cool to be able to like, even the other day, bringing up Addison, I was trying to teach her something of like, you got to cut in here. And I was like, what is happening? Like, I am, I'm getting so old. Um, but it's really cool, I think, to even go home and like me and Sam can talk about it and talk about like, oh my gosh, we are getting older and how can we make an impact for like when our time is up for these people to uh, grow into themselves and grow into leadership roles and um, it's just really exciting and like cool to see, I guess. Yeah, and sorry, not to keep this one going, but um, I think we've also started thinking about like the legacy we want to leave with mm -hmm. the courage and um, something that this group has talked about is um, having this tr yearly tradition that we um, do something to raise money um, to either like have a pride initiative or a Black Lives Matter initiative throughout the year. So there's these, we're having these talks as a, as a group and as a leadership group um, to kind of come up with this program that would last hopefully longer than we last. Um, and I think one of those things that we tried to implement this year is this auction that we're doing um, for the National Black Justice Coalition. And we have items up um, from 20 people on the team just trying to raise money for this fund that we feel really strongly about. So um, all of those funds are gonna be going to this organization and we hope that this is one of the steps that we can take to continue this conversation and actually take action um, to try to help. Mm. Where can people listening find that? Um, 32auctions.com slash NC Courage. All right. Or check my Instagram bio. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. I, a lot of like mine, mine is posted on my feed. Um, I don't know Abby Ersic has hers in her, like the link. In, her, in her bio. In her bio. Yeah. Um, so it's everywhere. Right now it's going until the end of the tournament, so July 27th. And um, like Sam said, next year we'll get together and say, like, what is our next cause? What do we want to do? How do we want to make an impact um, off the field and, and hopefully change somebody's lives? Yeah, nice. Well, I'm sure, you know, like you said, legacy on many fronts, um, you know, Courage certainly have started building that on the field and, and you know, now with, with leadership roles, you all are, are doing that off the field. So, um, well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you, you've got to jump and, and uh, Utah is kind of crazy, but um, thank you for, for joining me on Kicking Back. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks thank for you. having us. Yeah. You've been listening to Kicking Back, a podcast by The Equalizer. If you like what you heard, and we certainly hope you did, please go ahead and rate and review this pod. The more you do that, the easier it is for other people to discover this show and hear compelling stories from some of the most interesting people in women's soccer. Keep an eye out for our next episode when we kick it with our latest guest.
Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto alarm rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.